One of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis, and C.S. Lewis has a lot of books. One of the books he wrote is called The Great Divorce. It's about a dream that a writer has and how uh, every day he sees how everyday choices and everyday behaviors affect certain individuals after they die in eternal life. And in this book, The Great Divorce, there's a beautiful account of a man who's died. And he's walking towards some mountains on the horizon. Uh, This man's died, so in in the book, he's really a ghost. Uh, But as he walks towards those mountains, the mountains in the book are a symbol of heaven. Or the the land of sunrise, a, a new paradise, a perfect paradise. However, as he's walking towards these mountains... On his shoulder, he's also carrying a red lizard. And the red lizard is uh, whispering into his ear, encouraging, encouraging this man to turn away from the mountains, to walk the other direction. And a short distance away, there's an angel of light who, who's observing all of this. And so the angel, as soon as he sees the man turn away from the mountains, the angel speaks up and says, uh, this is it, you're quitting so early. Uh, may I kill the lizard on your shoulder? Can I kill it? The angel asks this question over and over again. Can I kill the lizard? And the man is hesitant to allow the lizard to be killed. Instead, he kind of hems and haws around it. Uh, maybe suggesting that the angel, instead of killing it, maybe just silence the lizard or put it to sleep or um, giving the man a couple days to seek a second opinion before this angel kills this lizard. And so uh, he kind of makes up these excuses. And then finally the angel says, I cannot kill it against your will. It is impossible. Have I your permission? Uh, And what happens next? Well, you'll have to go read the book to find out (laughs) what happens uh, and what choice the man makes and what becomes of that lizard. I bring this story up from C.S. Lewis because in the first reading today, Abraham is given a choice as well. Who does he love more? Does he love his son Isaac or does he love God more? Uh, God is that... Uh, creator of life. He, God recognizes the beauty of human life, but he's also putting Abraham to the test as well. Uh, is Abraham going to remain faithful to God, or is Abraham going to turn away and put his own interests, his own desires first? Uh, it might be easy to imagine Abraham kind of hemming and hawing a little bit. Are you really asking me to sacrifice my son? Uh, Couldn't, couldn't, isn't there another way? In the Old Testament, barrenness uh, is seen as a curse. And so Abraham and his wife Sarah, they've been been barren so many years. And finally, they're given a son. But now the Lord is asking Abraham to give up his son. Uh, Right before Isaac is killed, God recognizes Abraham's faithfulness. And he says, do not lay your hand on the boy. I know now how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. I think in our first reading today, Isaac is a beautiful image of 
those obstacles, those things keeping us apart from God, uh, we might reflect on that question. What are the Isaacs in our life? It could be our job, our career, things we've worked hard for, we've waited many years for, and finally we've received them. But maybe the Lord's asking us to sacrifice those things. It could be maybe our favorite sin. Oftentimes we befriend a sin. We become fond of certain sins. When the Lord asks us to sacrifice those things, it's hard to let go. Uh, maybe our certain, certain sins are coping mechanisms for us. Uh, but the Lord asks us like the angel asks the man in the great divorce. Can I kill it? Can I kill that sin in your life? What is the Lord asking us to sacrifice during the sacred time of Lent? Uh, and uh, Abraham, when he sacrifices his son and he remains faithful to the Lord, he's not left in desolation and distress. The Lord doesn't abandon Abraham, but rather Abraham gets a glimpse of what the future looks like. Uh, God promises Abraham at the end of the first reading today, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sands on the seashore. Uh, Abraham is given a glimpse of, if he remains faithful to the Lord, of what his future looks like. In, our today, in, in today's gospel, uh, the disciples are given a glimpse as well of the future. Peter, James, and John, they get a glimpse of the glory of the Lord. Uh, how, the glory of the Lord, it could be their glory one day as well, if they remain faithful, if they take up their daily cross. They're on a mountaintop, and in the scriptures, mountains, whenever there's a mountain, it always points to an encounter with God. We think about uh, Moses on Mount Sinai. He was on the mountaintop as he received the Ten Commandments. He encountered God in a burning bush. We think about Jesus the night before he died. He went on a mountaintop, the Mount of Olives, where he encountered God in the Garden of Gethsemane. As we gather here at this Mass, we're here on this mountaintop. But like the disciples, maybe we desire to build a tent. Can't we just stay here on the mountaintop and enjoy the view, enjoy the glory of the Lord? But like the disciples, we have to come down from the mountain. Jesus comes down from the mountain in today's gospel because Jesus recognizes there's a certain death that still needs to happen, a certain sacrifice that still needs to happen. And so as we go forth from this Mass, as we, in a sense, come down from the mountain and go throughout, through the rest of our week, what is the Lord asking us to sacrifice uh, what sin or what, what, what uh, obstacle in our life is the Lord asking us uh, for permission to kill? Can we allow the Lord to, to kill whatever is keeping us from the Lord so that we can enjoy that fruitfulness, that abundance that Abraham experiences and that the disciples experience today in heaven?